As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 215 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This week, I get to talk with Bodin Neswachani, one of the creative forces behind Resistance Entertainment, another one of those great Florida companies that makes wonderful comics. I've seen Bodin in several conventions. We've talked about getting together and, and me interviewing him, and it finally happens in this episode. We talk about the excellent product he creates, including Ranker, Blackbird, Morning Star, and a few other irons he has in the fire, including a film project that's going to be coming out very soon, sponsored by PompCon. For more information on any of these good things, you can always go to their website, www.resist-ent.com. That will direct you to the place where you can get all kinds of good information about what they have coming up, including Mindtaker, the film that's going to be debuting on March 9th. So I'm sure you're going to want to find out more about that. We have a good time talking about comics and the creative process, which I'm always fascinated by. So I'm sure you're going to want to hear what he has to say. There's a lot to get to. So let's get on with the show. I want to welcome to the podcast, Bodan Neswachani. How are you doing today, Bodan? I'm very well, Wayne. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad that we finally had a chance to do this. <laughs> yeah, we've seen each like other at different cons, and this is the first chance we've finally gotten everything together so that we can talk about your company, which is Resistance Entertainment. Correct. I'm very well, Wayne. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad that we finally had a chance to do this. Yeah, we've seen each like other... At different cons, and this is the first chance we've finally gotten everything together so that we can talk about your company, which is Resistance Entertainment. Correct. Now, how long has Resistance Entertainment been in existence? Well, even before we started doing the comic book thing, Resistance Entertainment was just what I called myself, what we were doing kind of in my head. Besides the comic book stuff, I've been doing independent film work in South Florida mm -hmm. probably since I was in high school. Wow. 
And we've had a few independent films that I've done, and Resistance Entertainment was the name that we were doing that work under. And then when the comic book started, stuff started happening, we just carried that over into the comic stuff. Okay. Now, have you always been a comics fan, or is this a recent development? Oh, yeah, since I was a kid. When I was really little, I had flashes of just comics, reading stuff, owning stuff. Copies of uh, Wolverine. I remember I owned a copy of DC Elseworlds. I think it was called Speeding Bullets. It was mm. where Clark landed in Gotham mm. instead of Bauville mm. and then grew up to be Batman. Mm-hmm. Spoilers, by the way, in case anyone hasn't read that. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the comic medium has always been a part of my life, and it wasn't really until high school that I had some friends that really got me back into it and that I really fell in love with what the medium really could be, like as an art form, and the potential and the power of the stories that you could tell. Writers like, of course, everybody says Alan Moore. It's a bit cliche now, right? Mm-hmm. Just thinking like Alan Moore. But mm-hmm. there was a time when Alan Moore loved writing comics. Mm-hmm. And it was that era mm-hmm. of his work that I fell in love with. Writers like Warren Ellis, who, as a fan of his, I love that writer so much, I get made fun of. Anything he writes... Even to this day, I just consume. But uh, the book that made me really want to write comics was probably The Authority, Mm. which I don't know if you're familiar with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was him taking the idea of what a superhero was and kind of flipping it on its head in a very post-9-11 world. Mm -hmm. And just the archetypes and the stories and the way it was presented. A younger version of me looked at that and was like, I didn't know comic books, you could do this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until then that I really started to think like as writing, real writers do this. It's a collaboration between the writer and the artist. And that was sort of when I guess high school is when it kind of dawned on me. Maybe this could be a thing. Mm. Very good. Very good. Now, why don't we go ahead and get into the books that you're making? Uh, there's two of them that are related. And we'll start with that one because that one of those was the one I first got acquainted with. And that's Blackbird. Do you want to give us like a TV guide explanation of what Blackbird's about? Yeah, I can do the elevator pitch. Okay. Uh, thing that I say at a convention a thousand times mm-hmm. a weekend. Blackbird is Native American mythology mixed with Lovecraft lore, Cthulhu, but it's a supernatural story about family with sort of a lot of action. Our main character, his name's Bran Morgan. He's descended from a Native American tribe mm-hmm. that thousands of years ago befell a great tragedy. Mm-hmm. But the members of the tribe that died were brought back. And they were brought back different. They had strange abilities. They had longer lives. And Bran is descended from the members of the tribe that had died and were resurrected by beings that the tribe had worshipped as gods. And those beings in our world assume the form of blackbirds, Mm. or they appear to be blackbirds. And Bran, in modern-day New York City, carries on the legacy of his tribe, which is defending the light, or life, defending life at all costs. Mm -hmm. And... Really, what Blackbird is, is sort of a palette for myself and the amazing artists that I work with. Jeremy Katanik, who's the main artist on the book, and uh, Rob Torres, who does our covers, is a way to explore the supernatural and folklore. You know, every issue has an ongoing narrative, but there are different themes. Like, one issue is about witches, another one can be about goblins, or banshees, or the Jersey Devil. So it's just, it's a way for us to explore things and folklore that we find interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, there's three issues out so far that I know. There's issue zero. Right. That Issue zero was the first one I saw, and then issue one and issue two is now out. 
And yeah. do you want to talk about why you did an issue zero instead of number one? Zero was probably like the first comic. Well, it, it was the first comic we ever put out. I ever mm-hmm. published myself the first comic of mine that was ever in existence. And if you're into comics, you know that there's sort of a grand tradition of issue zeros. Mm-hmm. I think the new Power Ranger book by Kyle Higgins just did that too, mm-hmm. you know, as sort of a jumping off point to introduce to the readers, hey, this is the story, this is the narrative, this is what it is, and this is where it might be going. And that's what we did with issue zero. We did it as a way just to see if anybody would care, mm-hmm. and they definitely did care. You know, it was our best-selling book of all the books we've done, and because of that, we're pushing forward with the book, telling a complete narrative, finishing the story arc, getting to a trade, and if the response is still there, if people still love it, we'll keep doing as much as we need to. Mm-hmm. Now, how many issues are going to be in the first story arc? Right now, it's looking like six okay. with what we have plotted out. The issue two was the newest one. Mm-hmm. Issue three, we're shooting to have ready for Megacon, oh. which is going to be our first big show this summer. Mm-hmm. I think, did Megacon come before Tampa? I don't have any of my dates. Yes, it does. Ahead, yeah, it does. Excellent. So, yeah. So, yeah, with any luck, we'll have issue three for Megacon. And, you know, not to give anything away, but if anybody has read our stuff, mm-hmm. I mean, this issue has both myself and, and Jeremy, the main artist on the book, really, really excited. I mean, just, it's a story that we knew we were going to tell. Mm-hmm. And now that we're here, we're both really stoked. Good, good. Because uh, it's a good book. I really like it. I enjoy the storytelling. Thank you quite so much. That means a lot. I enjoy it a lot. Now, one thing we need to point out, though, is especially in today's market, Blackbird is a black and white comic inside the co- it uh, co- is. covers are full color, and the inside yeah. is black and white. And you know, some folks want all color all the time. It depends on how good the storytelling is, whether or not I get lost in it and I don't notice the color. And that was what's happened in your story. I start to read it, I don't even notice that it's not color anymore. Yeah, I appreciate that. And it was definitely a conscious choice. You know, when we plot out what the narrative in every issue is going to be. I know the way that Jeremy does the actual sequential storytelling when he starts manifesting the panels, that's always on our minds. This is how we've chosen to do the book, so how can we utilize the space and the style in the best way possible? And so far, I mean, I can only think of really one person in the span of the years that we've been doing this that have ever complained. I mean, not that their complaints weren't totally valid, but um, people have responded to it. We're really grateful for that. Yeah, well, criticism is good, you know, both negative and positive, so it's good stuff. Now, I've seen you at a lot of cons, and that was the first one I think I saw you was at Florida Supercon. And you guys, uh, there's this burgeoning comics industry in the state of Florida that after I moved here, I kind of discovered, and you were one of the first ones I saw. So I began to realize that this was going to be a big thing here down in Florida to make Blackbird. Did Did we break your, uh, your indie comics cherry? (laughs) You were the first? <laughs> oh, no, I've read indie comics forever. I, I'm a... a I mean, in South Florida, I mean. Yes, you were the first one. That's, that's very cool. Yeah, very good. And, and I've met a lot of others since then, but that was the first one that I read at the convention, and I took around, and I really liked it. So I'm just fascinated by the whole thing. I, I just have to ask, though, why choose that mythology to talk about in Blackbird? The, the Native American mythology? Yes. Whenever I write anything, I, I always do a ton of research. And this particular myth, that story about that Native American tribe 5,000 years ago that befell a great tragedy and spared by their gods, mm-hmm. was something 
And I just came across doing research one night, honestly, at like three in the morning. I was jazzed on Red Bull. You know, I probably <laughs> had Family Guy reruns on in the background. <laughs> and I had my iPad open. <laughs> and I found this myth. And the myth actually comes from the Miwok tribe. <laughs> and in the initial version of Blackbird, Bran was a Miwok. And it wasn't until the 11th hour we took any reference to the tribe out because. I was really concerned about offending anyone. I mean, I was sort of co-opting bits and pieces of someone's religion, their myths, their cultural identity, you know, these stories, and using it for my own purposes. So I didn't really want to offend anyone. Mm-hmm. So I removed me walk out of it. Mm-hmm. Actually, I had reached out to members of the tribe mm-hmm. before we went ahead with Issue Zero to see if I could get any kind of feedback and mm-hmm. never heard back from anyone, which mm-hmm. was fine. But yeah, the story itself, just the idea... I don't know, I, I, just, I fell in love with it. And when I came up with the idea of a descendant of that tribe living in a modern world, carrying on that tribe's legacy, again, it seemed like a really good jumping-off point. Mm-hmm. And one thing I never first saw is just us using the Native American legends as a springboard to tell interesting stories that people would respond to that. And mm-hmm. people have really responded to it almost 100% positively, which has been really great. But I, I never expected that to be part of the thing that made people latch on to the story. And as far as the Lovecraft stuff, I mean, I've always been a fan of the Cthulhu mythos and incorporating elements of that into it, you know, creepy, awful things that go thump in the night just seemed like a perfect fit, mm-hmm. I guess. Very good. Very cool. Because I noticed your Christmas thing on your Facebook page. You used a Christmas Cthulhu on it. You like that? Yeah, it was something different. That's one thing I like about your company and about what you do is you do something that we haven't seen before, including this whole business on the legend. I think that that is something I never knew of. So it was great to, to learn something as well as see a story woven around it. I like that. Thank you very much. Now, the Blackbird course, issue number three is going to come out. Megacon, Megacon. Right? Okay. Is it going to be released before that, or will it be specifically at the convention? Well, we'll have it done, definitely before the show, but the first place people can get their hands on it probably will be Megacon. Okay. I mean, if, if we have it available at any stores, mm-hmm. I know there's some shops here in South Florida, Palm Beach County, like Past, Present, and Future, mm-hmm. has carried our stuff at their location. Mm-hmm. If we have them available before the convention, we'll definitely announce it through our social networking. Okay, that's good. Now, on a card you were handing out at a convention that I got, it says, Two Stories, One World. You've got Blackbird, but on the other side, you've got Morning Star, which is a different mythology. Do you want to talk a little bit about that comic? Yeah, Morning Star follows Lucifer, and it it is that Lucifer, the one from Judaico-Christian mythology. Mm -hmm. Our story finds him living in modern-day New York City. He hasn't been the devil for a very long time. In our fiction, the devil was a title. It was something bestowed on him when he was kicked out of heaven and fell to hell and took over as their leader. The denizens of hell called him their devil. But in our story, he's not the devil anymore. It's modern-day New York, and in the opening scene, he saves a young girl, girl in her early 20s, from committing suicide. And it's this act of kindness that is the kicking off point for the story in issue one. And with Morningstar, I wanted to tell a story about redemption. And I thought, why not make our character seeking redemption the most reviled character in all of mythology? I'm Mm -hmm. not saying he deserves it. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying he's ever going to get it. But I think to feel like we need to make up for something, whether that's BS or not, I think we can all relate to that. Mm -hmm. And Lucifer is sort of that 
focal point for that emotion in the story. Mm-hmm. But in the two stories, one world thing, Morningstar and Blackbird definitely exist in the same space. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, you know, it just begs the question, crossover anytime? Right. Yeah. You know, the hope is eventually we can get to a point where these characters intersect. Mm-hmm. Right now, so far, we've only done one issue of Morningstar. Okay. We want to do more. People that have read it, I mean, we've gotten really positive feedback about the book and so much so that it's definitely now a priority for us to get another issue done. But mm-hmm. fortunately, the first artist we worked with, we parted ways, so we have to find a new collaborator. Mm-hmm. We have a few ideas right now, but so far it's just a matter of scheduling when we can actually do the next book. Mm-hmm. I have to wonder, of course, if Fox actually saw your comic because either that or the Vertigo comic. Right. Because <laughs> it's a TV the show. Thing, yeah. Yeah. I'm really glad I didn't call my comic book Lucifer. <laughs> 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 you might have Fox executives knocking on your door in black suits and stuff like right. that. Yeah, and the DC character, of course, that version of Lucifer is from a Sandman, mm-hmm. which the Neil Gaiman saga. And, you know, and that version of Lucifer has people have brought that up to me before. I've read a little bit of that character, and I've definitely made a conscious effort not to. I, my point is, I think our Lucifer and their Lucifer definitely are two different types of people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Your Lucifer is more of a gray. Good and bad kind of exist within the character, it seems like, from reading the first issue. Where the Lucifer on the TV is looks like he's going to be basically bad all the time, but one of those what yeah. they call a good bad, a bad guy you like to like. Kind of the, the joke I have with my copy editor that she seemed to like was he's kind of like a sexy version of Gandalf. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. in, in the story with, like, the gray coat, our mm-hmm. character has a gray overcoat, and mm-hmm. he's this ominous character that, if we go forward, will definitely be lurking in the background. And just like with Blackbird, if we do more Morningstar, I definitely want to put him in different points through history. You know the Rolling Stones song, Sympathy for the Devil? Mm-hmm. Like, that idea of him just existing through all these places throughout time, mm-hmm. that song was definitely part of my inspiration for the character. Oh, wow. Great. So you're working on that. As things progress, we'll know more about that, which is a good thing. Absolutely. And it'll be fun to see a, the crossover between the two, honestly. It's just, you know, you've got Blackbird versus Morningstar, Dark versus Light kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Really good stuff. I, I really look forward to those kinds of things. So it's going to be good. I, you know, you guys put out very interesting product, I have to say. Very good stuff that I really like. Thank you so much. Now, let's talk. There's another book I've seen listed and is Conviction. How's Conviction Conviction doing these days? Conviction is good. The book itself is more like a graphic novel. Mm -hmm. It's a 65-page narrative. Where Conviction came from, it actually sort of predates Blackbird. We originally were going to do Conviction as a Mm webcomic. And then when the arduous nature of Mm webcomics dawned on us, (laughs) we definitely ran from that as fast as possible. But we, we had accumulated all this art. I mean, we had something like 50 pages of sequential art that we had done. And sitting on this art, once we had started to move forward with Blackbird, I was like, why don't we try to make something out of Conviction? Now, if anybody has ever read it, Conviction looks like one of the old school comics, almost like a magazine mm-hmm. style. I don't know if you've ever picked up a copy of it. Mm. And the reason why it's sort of bigger like that is, honestly, back then, we didn't know, quite know how to format the files correctly. Mm. So the book looks a bit different, but the story, what, what's the, the book about? It's, it takes place in a fictionalized version of West Palm Beach, and in Conviction, our main character is a woman named Annette Walker. Mm. Now, in most mobs 
films, the main character, the mob boss, is always a guy, right? Right. In our story, we kind of flip the script. Our main character, she's a mob boss, barely into her 30s. And in the first book, they go to war with the Japanese mob. They fight the Yakuza. Hmm. And in the story, it's a mob war that lasts two hours. Hence the name of our first book is The 48-Hour War. Hmm. Mm-hmm, I see. Yeah, it's on the cover. That's uh, good stuff with that. It's too. Now, you guys have put this conviction out, right? It's available? It is, yeah. We have it at conventions. And actually, if anybody is in Palm Beach County, you can pick up copies of conviction at past, present, and future in their West Palm Beach location. Okay. If you can't find us, they actually have copies of it still on the shelf. Last time I was in there. So if anybody goes and can't find it, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's right, they sold out. You, you weren't in time. So so the thing to do then is if you want it and you're not in West Palm Beach, you probably should get to a convention that you're attending. Absolutely, yes, definitely. Now, I know there's one other book, that, at least I'm aware of, and there probably have other irons in the fire, but you announced back in September another title by the name of Rancor. You want to talk Rancor. a little about that? Yeah, Rancor. What do you want to say about that? What kind of things can we expect from that book? Well, Rancor, the main character of that series, his name is Benjamin Mathis. And on the worst night of his life, he was changed forever. It was a horrific car accident that took the life of his girlfriend. And that night, as he sat there next to his girlfriend as she lay dying, something horrible came out of the fire, of the wreckage of his car. And that thing changed him. So the story has elements of like the supernatural. Imagine like the exorcist merged with Daredevil. Mm. Is sort of the best way I think I can describe it. But wow. uh, Rancor is actually a story that I came up with back in 2008. Mm-hmm. The art was created by collaborating with a really great artist. Her name is Laura Kasky. She's a girl I went to high school with. Oh. And in 2008, we had created what is Rancor Issue Zero. And back then, I really didn't know how it worked with publishers. You know, submitting work, we just thought, hey, if we do something great people will hire us, you know, even if they have no idea who we are. And we had sent the book out to a bunch of publishers. Mm -hmm. Nobody really Mm -hmm. responded. Mm -hmm. So the art just kind of sat in limbo. And it wasn't until the beginning of this year where I approached Laura, who's living in California now, and I said, look, you know, we're doing great with Blackbird and all these other books that we're going to be launching. You know, I want to try to do something with Ranker. So mm-hmm. we got the art, we remastered it and created Ranker Issue Zero. And so far, the response to it has been really great. And mm-hmm. Right now, Laura and I are trying to work out, figure out the scheduling to see when and how we can do more. Good. Because the story is something that I'm really, really fond of. And I, you know, the chance to bring rancor out into the world was something that's definitely a priority for me. Okay. So that'd be good. So we, nothing's in print quite yet, but you're working on it, right? Well, we have issue zero. Issue which zero. Is available. Okay. At Megacon, we'll have it. We're going to be at Tampa Bay, and then, of course, we'll be at PalmCon, which I think is in September. Okay. We don't have those dates. Okay. Yeah. I, but I, yeah. Yeah, I didn't see it the last time that I saw you, but I was at Megacon Fan Days, and I, I, I didn't notice it there. But, uh, Ranker? Yeah. Okay, yeah, we had it there. Maybe we had just uh, had a run on them, and I hadn't put any more on the table. Yeah, well, I, either that or I missed it, because that was a, a different convention, so I didn't get a chance to get as many as I wanted. I may have been short of cash at that point. but uh, Whereas, we'll, we'll, we'll hook you up the next time we see it. Don't okay, worry. that'll be good. So since you've got this, the company going and things are percolating, you must have other projects that are coming up. Are there other things you're working yeah, on? We do. This project has nothing to do with Resistance Entertainment, 
But I've actually been hired by a company with the artists that I work on with Blackbird mm-hmm. to produce a comic book series. Mm-hmm. Um, it's for a company called Hashtag Comics. Mm-hmm. They've done titles, Carpe Noctum. It's a great vampire book they've done. They do another book called Tail One, yes. which is really great. And they had approached us at the beginning of the year, and they sort of had an idea of the kind of book that they wanted. And Rob Torres, who does our covers for Blackbird, mm-hmm. he and I pitched them an idea. You know, he had come up with some really amazing concept art, something that they loved. And right now what we're doing is a story arc, which is going to be three graphic novels. Now, at conventions, at comic book stores, you can buy... Well, I don't think I even said the name of the book yet, did I? Don't think so. What's it? It's called Souls Eternal. Okay. But in stores, you can buy physical copies of the graphic novels, mm-hmm. and there's going to be three of them in the first arc. Mm-hmm. Now, digitally, every graphic novel is going to be split up into three digital issues. So mm-hmm. if you're on the iPad or the Kindle or the phones, you can buy a PDF of the issue through... I believe hashtag comics.com right. or through comic and you can get those first. And then if you don't, and if you don't want to wait or if you want to wait, then you can just buy the physical trades. Mm. But the series souls eternal, definitely the best way to describe it is it's very inspired by like anime and manga and stuff like that. I don't know how familiar you are with those genres. Somewhat. But yeah, the series is being drawn and colored by Rob Torres, mm-hmm. and then Jeremy Katanik, the main artist on Blackbird, he's penciling our covers oh, good. as well. All right. So you said that this is a Comixology as well, right? Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I believe it's going to be launching on Comixology with oh. the website, but okay. um, don't quote me on that. Okay. As soon as the digital issues are definitely available for purchase, we'll have it all over the social networking sphere, and we'll definitely make sure I forward that stuff to you. You know, I kind of remember at the convention, there was a gentleman selling trades that were through Hashtag Comics. Yeah, that was Rob. Um, oh, that was Rob. Was that, a, uh, that you saw? Was it what? I think that was at Tampa that you saw. Rob was with us. I thought it was at Fan Days. There might have been somebody at that convention selling okay. comics from Hashtag, but I don't think it was us. Okay. Yeah, the series follows four extraordinary young people living in a Japanese town. Mm-hmm that have great power, and they use that power to fight evil, I guess, is the short explanation of the series. Okay, very good. Now, how's that going to impact on your other products? Are you going to be able to, like, juggle all these good things all together? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The momentum that Rob has on the book right now is great. I mean, I think we're about 75% done with the first book, the first graphic novel. Mm -hmm. And... The work he's doing is phenomenal. Some of the best stuff. I've known Rob a long time. I've had the pleasure of collaborating with him on a lot of books, and he is knocking it out of the park with souls. So I can't wait for people to see, especially what he's doing. Great. Now, I noticed that you tweeted that we were going to talk this evening before we actually did it, and I noticed you talked about writing. You you said we would talk about comics writing. So that prompted me to ask you, as a, okay. as a writer and a conceiver and stuff like that, I noticed you take inspiration from your research. Are there other things that inspire you when you write it? Is it easy to write? Does it, you know, of course, everybody gets writer's block, but as far as like writing goes, what's it like to be a, a writer who can turn out these kinds of concepts that are different from what other people are doing? Yeah, it's, writing's definitely not easy. If anybody tells you that, they're lying. <laughs> but 
there was a quote I heard a long time ago, and I'm probably botching it, but it's something like, you can't want to tell a story, you have to need to tell one, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And my dad experiences, whether it was like script writing for film stuff mm-hmm. or doing anything comic book related where if I try to force myself to do something, it doesn't come out right or I come out not feeling it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have to be inspired. It has to be a story that's resonating with me. And, mm-hmm. you know, the stuff that we've manifested right now, Blackbird, Ranker, Morningstar, Souls Eternal, on the comic end, you know, and it helps that people like what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, we wouldn't be putting in the time in to, just to do more Blackbird if we didn't have the response that we did. And mm-hmm. So it's, the feedback certainly helps. Mm-hmm. But, man, I don't know, was that an answer to your question? Yes, that was a good answer. In fact, I'm going to build on that one. And you talked about the yeah. fact that Resistance Entertainment was a film company as well. Yeah. What kind of yeah. films are you working on and how do we access those? Well, one film that we are in the very back end of post-production is a film called Mindtaker. And we haven't announced it publicly yet. Wayne, by all means, do not cut this out. Definitely feel free. This is, can be uh, the first time me talking about it publicly, you know, okay. outside of our circle. But okay. uh, Mindtaker, we're doing a premiere of it March 9th at the Lake Worth Playhouse in downtown Lake Worth. Mm. And yeah, it's exciting. It's going to be the first time we've ever screened the film publicly. Mm-hmm. Uh, another cool aspect of the evening is we're giving all of the proceeds of that event to Palm Beach Gardens High School, their film and television program, which was something that I graduated from back when dinosaurs roamed the earth. <laughs> and uh, also, the evening is being sponsored by PomCon, okay. which is a great convention that happens every summer in downtown West Palm Beach at the convention center. I've seen you there a couple times and mm-hmm. run by my good friend, Martin Piero. Mm-hmm. But besides that, the film, what's the, what's the film about? Yeah. Uh, the film follows a high school student. Her name is Heidi Pierce. And she's also probably the world's most gifted telepath. Mm. Think of like a Jean Grey times a thousand. Mm. And the film sort of follows her. It introduces her mainly. Mm-hmm. and how she chooses to live her life with these gifts, which is mm-hmm. primarily to help people, mm-hmm. to do the right thing. As a character, she has a really strong moral compass. But beyond all that, one lesson that the film introduces that Heidi definitely learned the hard way is sometimes when you try to do good, awful things still happen. Mm-hmm. And really what the film is, is an introduction to Heidi and her world. And after we do the premiere in March, we're going to be sending it out to film festivals, screening at the conventions that we do, and just see if we can get any kind of response cool. from it. Well, it sounds like an interesting story. I've never come across that either, so I think you guys Thank are always doing gonna... very original and creative stuff, which is that's why I like to look for your stuff. I wish I was closer to Palm Beach sometimes so I could get a hold of these comics a little sooner, but I'll just see what cons. Now, you mentioned Megacon and... Tampa, and what was the other one again? PalmCon. PalmCon, okay. We'll definitely do that. Okay. I guess the only other event this summer that I can think of off the top of my head is mm-hmm. Free Comic Book Day at Past, Present, Future in West Palm Beach. Right. We all have a shop there, which I, I don't know. Is Free Comic Book Day on the 7th of May? It's the, well, the first Saturday of May. Whatever, whatever that Saturday yeah. is. We'll definitely, be, uh, we'll definitely be there. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Uh, Very good. 
Well, you guys work hard, and I always see you at cons very busily getting the word out about all your good creations. And so I've been looking forward to a chance to talk with you about all these good things. And I'm glad we got to talk, because I'm really looking forward to this. All these other good things that are coming up, including Rancor. I really want to take a glance at that. I'm really fascinated by that one. Thank you so much. So yeah. it's good stuff. So, uh, Bolton, what we'll have to do is we'll have to talk again in the future when some other stuff comes out. We'll make this more than a once-every-couple-year thing. <laughs> Like I said, I'm just glad we got a chance to do this finally. You mentioned seeing us at conventions. I gotta tell you, if I don't see you at a convention, I think something's wrong. <laughs> yeah. He's not here telling podcast. Yeah, it's, I, I just go to conventions anymore, and I used to be I would spend thousands of dollars basically buying stuff to take home. Now what I tend to do is buy stuff like your materials and your product and stuff like that. I go around trying to find indie comics creators who have good stuff, and I've seen some really awful stuff. Yours is not in that category, thankfully, and I tend to buy and take home and read and then try to get an, an interview set up so I can get the word out about what I think is quality. All these stuff, and that includes your stuff at Resistance. You were at Magic City yes. last weekend for your, uh, your buddy's book. Yes, that would be I, I totally forgot to pick it up. I had made a mental note to do that the last time I saw you, but uh, I was only at Magic City for a day. Oh. That last weekend, unfortunately. Okay. Well, I'm sure we'll catch you again. We're going to be at C2E2. We're going to be at Tampa like you are in Megacon. What about Fan Days? Are you going to be at yeah. Fan Days again? The one that they announced next year? Yeah, well, well, Megacon is in like Memorial Day weekend, and then Fan Days this time was in November. They do another Fan Days. You're going to be there in November. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's nothing like a show in Orlando, so definitely wouldn't miss it. Hey, would you mind if I uh, push some of our my artists that I work with? Please. Social networking. Feel free. Yeah, Jeremy Katanik, who is the main artist on Blackbird. If you've ever seen me at a convention, he's the guy with the long hair. Mm-hmm. sitting next to me. Mm-hmm. You can find him on social networking at, at Jeremy Katanik. Mm-hmm. He's got a Twitter. He's got a Facebook. He's got an Instagram. Definitely friend his Instagram. Mm-hmm. Also, Rob Torres, he's the artist that does our covers for Blackbird, and he's the artist that is working on Souls Eternal with me. He is Rob Torres PS, and that is across the spectrum. You know, Instagram, Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, Twitter. Mm-hmm. I had the pleasure of working with these guys. They are amazing artists. You know, definitely please, if you have the time, if you're into that kind of art, comic book style stuff, Mm -hmm. definitely show them some love, guys. And myself, you can find me at uh, BNeskwicheni, Twitter, Instagram, and we're Resistance Entertainment on the other social networking stuff, too. Mm -hmm. You are on Twitter. I've seen you on Twitter. Yeah, or we've got Twitter, the Instagram. Things have been a little crazy since the new year, especially with the premiere of Mindtaker and us getting back together. Honestly, all of my energy right now this month has just been getting ready for that. Okay. So, which is why our social networking stuff has been a bit sparse. Okay. Well, I'll be glad to follow up on this good stuff and see more product as it comes out. And it's good talking with you, Bolden. We'll have to talk again sometime, is what we'll do. It was my pleasure, Wayne. Thank you so much. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy, and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. As a man, I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed, but as a symbol. Get the latest from the comics universe. News, interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics. 
And that's it for this week. Be back next episode when I'll have another terrific conversation with another wonderful comics creator. But until then, keep reading your comics. your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.